Hey, how you guys doing? This is producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hack Season 7, Episode 7. We are almost done with this Jonathan Hickman relaunch of the X-Men. Uh, it's been a long journey. Uh, the podcast was not cursed this week. We were really actually able to get it in at, the, at least the scheduled time that we were supposed to. Uh, things are looking like roses here, except for maybe the mutants. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite Marvel Hacks on the line tonight. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Meet you all, people. What's going on tonight? Man, uh, recording on a Thursday night. Not that we're going to have anything to do Friday night. I, I would have been available yeah, no for life. that, too. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. no life. And, uh, but, yeah, just on the regular record schedule this week. Also on the line tonight, uh, fresh off of his having a life, it's, it's Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, man. Mm-hmm. What's happening? To me, my ex, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're... you're you having a thing to do for like two nights in a row is going to be your uh, seeing uh, Batman versus Superman three times, man. That's just, that just going like to keep two, getting brought up. But that was like <laughs> two weeks ago, though, right? Yeah, I know. But again, uh, well, Sandman saw Batman versus Sandman saw Batman versus Superman three times three years ago. We still bring that up. So I don't know why you think. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't never getting up out the mode of that shit. Yeah. So, no, yeah. yeah, that's terrible. And, and, yeah, you, it's okay. and you selected Mysterio for your all winners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> everybody's got one. Yeah. I will also say that Mysterio did just star in a movie that made a billion dollars. But, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. That's true. Anything. Batman vs. Superman didn't make a billion dollars, even with Sandman's help. He did not. So, Sandman tried, yeah. but he couldn't He did try. Way. That's it. So, yeah. So, we're um, almost done with these books. Uh, if you listened to the last podcast, we said that we were going to read, like, two issues back-to-back because as they've gotten towards the end, uh, they've become a, a term that we use on here called filler, where they're just trying to finish out the book to get to the end, that may have been a, a little bit of a, a, I don't know, maybe an unfair judgment, but we'll get into it here in a little bit. So tonight we're going to do Powers of X5, which came out last week, and then House of X6, which came out yesterday. House of X ends the House of X run of these two books, and then Powers X back cleanup um, next Wednesday where we'll conclude, you know, this whole little uh, saga or whatever. So, uh, yeah, so we're back. And jumping in straight into Powers of X, number five, uh, we get to go through year zero, year 10, and year, what, 1,000? Uh, and Brother Beavis will take that over yeah. because I'm going to tell you all on the front end, I have no idea what's going on on year 1,000, man. I, and nor, I, I don't have, I don't know what's going on. I don't really have an interest in it. It's just something. So Brother Beavis is going to have to recap that for us. But anyway, all right, so year zero, um, hey, I didn't. I didn't get these degrees for nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's, all, <laughs> it's all about the payoff tonight. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> he, yeah, he minored. Uh, uh, what about to turn in my thesis tonight? Yeah, what did you minor <laughs> in? What's that? My, what? What? In phalanx. Yeah, you know, I, had a, uh, <laughs> I majored in uh, you know engineering, but I minored in phalanx. Doctor right. of mutant studies. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, yeah. So, year zero, um, the opening quote is, they will think we are doing one thing, but the truth is we are doing something altogether different from Professor Xavier. Um, And so the book opens up with Professor Xavier having this off-screen, like, conversation with someone over drinks, really. Uh, Looks like bourbon, but I could be wrong. Um, But, yeah, and the, the idea of this conversation is creating Cerebro for a different purpose. Now, again, they are back 
telling this story that something that we already know about how Cerebro is being used for different purposes um, for Charles to hold mutant minds and all these types of things. And so they're really just telling us this story backwards. How do y'all feel about backwards storytelling? My, my initial thought is um, I kind of like it, and I think it probably fits modern comics a little bit better than previous years' comics. What do you think, Sammy? I like it fine as long you know as long as it's not too confusing and you know and it does what it's supposed to do, which is inform you of um, backstory and you know maybe some gaps where we're missing in the story and stuff. So uh, I think it's done pretty well in this story, mm-hmm. like most most everything else is. So I got no problem with. But Beavis, you think this current way of storytelling, at least here, makes more sense for modern comic readers? Yeah, I mean, I think there it, it, it can work, but it definitely has to have like also some level of reveal and some level of excitement. And I think they've sort of hit that mark. And I'm thinking back to, like, the core books in the latest Secret Wars where it was like it didn't really make sense until three or four in. So I think there's a mix. Like, you you can do it, but you also, like, you have to be servicing each individual issue as well. And so it's, right. it's, it's tough. Yeah, that's true. And I think they've done well with it. Um, but I think it can go poorly as, uh, as well. Yeah, both issues that we're going to talk about tonight are really just revealing things that we already know in a backwards-like fashion. So Xavier, he's still in his wheelchair at this point in time, and this conversation that he's having is with Forge. Um, and, again, Xavier's plan is to have Cerebro hold all the, the essences, you know, it's, it's orange, it glows, the essence of all the mutants. And, really, he's just kind of working with Forge to try to figure out how they're going to do it. You know, what's going to be the power source? You know, did you talk this over with anybody? B said it couldn't be done. You know, and Forge is skeptical and intrigued all at the same time. Y'all got any um, Forge kind of, not, I don't want to say memories, because we'll always go back to his stuff with Storm. But how do you feel mm-hmm. about the character of Storm Forge, or Storm Forge, Lord, Brother Beavis, how do you feel about the character <laughs> of Forge? Yeah, I mean, so I have, I have, a, I, I have some positive feelings toward him, and I think one of the things that just stands out is like I started buying in the like the 280 realm, and he was one of the prominent characters because like most people were missing, and so I, I have like uh, in my head like pictures of, you know, like covers with him being important and stuff like that. So I think they there was a period where he was he was. Um, I think a, a, a pretty integral character, aside from just his role in Fall of the Mutants. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they kind of, like, took hold of him in a lot of ways. Once his relationship <laughs> with Storm fell apart, I, right. I mean, I think he's been kind of fringe yeah. ever since then. But in that, like, pre, in the pre-blue and gold era, I think he was, he was a, a significant character, and I think... You know, he, he has a, a, a power that opens up crazy-ass stories like this. And so, yes. you know, if they use him with some, you know, with some with some reasonable judgment, he works. Otherwise, mm. you know, it can go off the rails. Yeah. Forge, uh, thoughts about the character, uh, Sandman? Yeah, I never really, I was never really a big fan of him. It seems like they only, uh, he only shows up when, they need something built, something yeah. technological, or something needs to mm-hmm. uh, be uh, storyline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, um, actually, I have more questions uh, about Forge than I have answers. Like, what's up with his leg? Is he like, is that like a techno or, or organic 
leg, or is it like a, just a, something he made? Um, you gotta go read Say what? Now? Say again. You gotta go read Fall of the Mutant. Oh, I did. I don't remember there. anything about his leg. <laughs> it's been a while. He but. was like he was in Vietnam, and he used his mythic powers to open up a portal to let demons mm. through and ravish his body. And then he started uh, making bank it. and opened up a uh, holographic glass tower in Dallas, and then hooked up. With I his remember that. Yeah, wow. I do remember something. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. He is still the American, um, um, Native, Native American, American right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah you yeah. telling that story think, right there yeah. is the reason why I don't really care about Forge. Like, I just, I just yeah. never yeah. been a fan personally either. Like, He's I got just, a strange backstory, yeah. It, it's yeah. very uh, unusual. Even for a comic book. Yeah, but yeah. his mutant power of, like, you can build anything. All right. Well, I mean, that's yeah. heaven having him and Doug Locke in this story really kind of is, you know, kind of dealing the same issue here. But, I mean, whatever. I, yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of the character overall. Um, yeah, But he's here either. for this. <laughs> yeah, he's here for this. Uh, and, again, you know, Xavier went to him because, again, Beast couldn't do it or didn't think he could do it. And so he goes to him, you know, really to talk about the practicality of doing this. What about the backups? How are you going to do that? You know, you're going to need to, you know, we're going to have these five different cradles, you know, where all these backup mutant essences are going to be. Brother Beavis, that's going to come back to haunt us, this five cradle thing, correct? There's no way that that is, that they keep dropping that five thing. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, this is, I think, a good point to talk about, like why some of these issues feel like filler. I think, you know, what they're really doing is trying to, like, they're, they're trying to sort of elaborate the things they've teased up to this point. And there's all sorts of stuff in here, whether it be the five cradles or uh, it's possible for a telepathic operator to place their own mind with a previous mm-hmm. version. And Charles yeah, Xavier's done this twice. Well, what what is yeah. that? What, what, yeah, well, so, yeah, there's, yeah. Like, there's these, all these cryptic things in here. And that's one of the cool things about the series is, like, there's any number of like really obscure things that you gotta assume are gonna have a significant impact. Like I still don't yeah. even know like why are the three why are there three titles that are highlighted in red in in the, right. in yeah. the forecast? Like yeah. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the final one <laughs> is when we get the final book next week is highlighted in red too. Uh, they talk about the power source. Well, you know that's one of the things that like how are you gonna power this. Um, my note says uh, Charles got hoes in different area codes. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's got this, you know, there's an antimatter machine that's of CR origin someplace. And then uh, this other thing, you're talking about um, logic diamonds from the CR. Is this a thing that yeah. I guess? Okay, has anybody heard of logic diamonds before? I never had it. Cause, cause it's it's on me. I think they probably just made that up for this. Yeah. yeah. First time I've heard uh, of it. I'll, Although the way the rest of this is gone, there's probably a book somewhere where they talk about some logic time. So yeah, know. very yeah, exactly. well, very indeed. vaguely. Yeah, very vaguely that they brought up some logic diamonds. I mean, and that's fine. I just you know whatever. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, they got this. They got the diamonds for storage, and then the antimatter engine is supplying the power, uh, the power from the Shi'ar. Go ahead, brother. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, so we get that gets us to our whiteout pages where they go over the upgrades to Cerebro and um, Forge's increasing mastery of uh, Krakoan technology as well. <laughs> I, I I put a note in here too. 
I think maybe one of the reasons that I don't like Forge is that he probably plays better heel. Like, I think he has a – he's got heel powers, but he's played as a face, brother Beavis. In wrestling terms, do you think that yeah. that might have been better if he was heel? Um, you know, I don't think – I don't know that he's ever really gone – have they even ever really even teased that? I mean, like, the, the closest thing was, like, his uh, – his mentor and stuff like that, where it wasn't clear what what he was doing in fall again in fall of mutants. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think the key point is here. I think he's pushing up on uh, Doug Lock's boo. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know Doug spent a year with the island, and now Forge is trying to end up in there too. So you know, yeah, that, that, it's that's a nefarious deeds right there. One of the white page notes in one of the other books was like Forge is working underneath, you know. So the mm. same, yeah. <laughs> a lot of innuendo there. <laughs> a little, <laughs> little um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's another joke I will make about that when we get to issue number six of the other one. But yeah, I just I don't know. I just thought he kind of worked heel better, maybe. Wow. So anyway, the five cradle locations for the backups here are House of X, Island M, the Summer House. That's new, not new, but that's going to come back to haunt us later, I'm sure. Uh, the Point, and then Moira's No Place, which comes up later here in one of the other books. Um, so, yeah, we, we just kind of tell this story of how we got to that point. That idea of him putting his essence twice in something, he, I'm assuming that he clearly did this to one of his earlier versions of his body, which is why he could walk now. That has to be it. Mm, because, yeah. you know, like, I mean, there's no other reason for him to have been in the chair for all of those times. And then, um, you know, that he's out. That's what I'm assuming since it's been done twice. Um, so, I don't know. Anyway. All right. So, X1, um, yeah. <laughs> we're back in Paris. Uh, they're trying to get Emma Frost on board. Uh, so, now we're at year 10. Uh, they're at some museum or whatnot. That's actually a kind, of a, a kind of cool scene with very little dialogue initially. Uh, except some like museum. Korea. They're at the Louvre. The Louvre, yeah. The museum. Yeah, I was, I was, I was gonna wait and see if you said something first. Yeah. They saw that. They saw that. had some house in D.C. Man, it was white. Oh. I didn't catch the Louvre part, to be honest with you. I guess it should have made sense. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Emma is confronted by Charles and Eric. And Eric is in costume. So, I have a note here. Like, um, why doesn't <laughs> Eric have costume. regular ass clothes? Like, he don't have no regular clothes? No. No, he's Magneto. That's what he is. <laughs> That's his whole purpose. Which yeah, I can buy only other, from him. His only other costume is to take the top off. And just rock the pants and the bare chest. I mean, that's literally yeah, the only other costume. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like in his formal whites, like the military. Um, I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. We still don't know why he's wearing white and not red either. By the way, like that's a whole other yeah, story. Yeah. They didn't really but, explain um, that. Yeah, but it also made me think of like remember on X Men the animated series where they only had one outfit when they. Uh, when they did get out of costume, uh, yeah. and then Gambit, yeah. Yeah. Gambit had to go to uh, Genosha to get out of his costume. 
Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> Before you actually, you, no, I think he was still in his costume when he went to Genosha. I, I, I don't think he had the collar on him. I think. Yeah. Oh no, he had like, 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 Did he have his Hawaiian shirt on? When they were on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask about our mutant discount. All right. So um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we save ten percent. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. All right. So yeah. So Charles is walking. He's wearing the cerebro on his head now. Um. Uh. I'm, Emma's like, if the both of y'all are here, I should definitely be worried. And if y'all are working together, I should be even more worried. And then Charles explains the whole idea of the Krakoa Nation and how they're going to use these, you know, human cures to help them secure their sovereignty. You know, Emma like. Forge also intrigued uh, and skeptical all at the same time. And she did go off on Magneto, though. It was like, oh, so we're going to put all the mutants on an island again? Look how that worked out last time, fool. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So th- I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they, a better question is how do we feel about Emma Frost? Because she's been, mm-hmm. she's got a major push in the last however many years. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she, wasn't she still, like, one of the major villains after, like, she kind of pulled the, um, the, whatever the hell you want to call it, she was, had, uh, I don't even remember, but she, she was like the villain again, she was more white clean. And, and they tried, they've yeah. tried to use her as the cool heel, but at the same yes. time, they've always Definitely tried to her. like, make it, oh yeah, sorry, make it clear that like <laughs> she could go bad at any time, and this goes back to like, right. she was the headmaster of the Hellions, and then allegedly when they got wiped out by the, um, uh, whatever the upstarts, then that kind of yeah, led her to go to Generation X, and then she's sort of been in the mix. But I mean, there's nothing particularly redeeming about her, and yet they keep no. putting her on the good guy side. Yeah, and yeah, I, other than I have, her cosplay potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> there, thank you. Yeah, you and I are one brain, and I'm like, well, you know. That's, I think that's part of the reason that they keep sticking her in these books. You know, they gave her the cuckoos or whatever, too, that kind of keep her, mm-hmm. like, attached as well. Like, I mean, they, they have mm-hmm. given her – I mean, she's, she's a solid 3.5 wrestling card. Like, she's always there. <laughs> she could plus. win the TV title. She may, with the roll <laughs> of the dice, win the U.S. title. I mean, she's got an opportunity. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, she's somewhere, you know, she's in the upper middle part of the card. But I just yeah. – yeah. She's got to have a stable – She's evil Jean Grey, you know. Maybe not exactly, but still. And, and there's know. a great panel to that regard. There's a great panel coming up by the end of this podcast. Well, if I Eugene ship it, don't let it. Yeah. Oh, and the other issue. Yeah, I see. I agree. All right, so... Um, yeah, they want Emma essentially to be the face of the franchise. You know, like, look, um, face, we're going to sell these drugs. Not, no, no. We're gonna, you're going to have to sell these drugs to these people so they can get the sovereignty for Krakoa. The funny part for me, you know, as I was reading this and taking my notes or whatever, they were like, all right, so you're going to be, our, you know, the pharmaceutical rep. And coming back to what we were just talking about, um, all pharmaceutical reps are hot. Have you ever been to the doctor's oh, office when yeah. the pharmaceutical reps show up? Oh, yeah. Have you ever yeah. been there for that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. you That's are the, the fucked up interview process. Like, <laughs> you doing there, bitch? You ain't hot. You ain't selling no. No, sorry. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, just leave your resume <laughs> at the door. 
we'll call you, but we won't. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so she's going to be the front part of it. But then they're like, hey, we want you to bring back uh, Sebastian Shaw, the black queen, and, or the black king. And then he's black going king. to be the, uh, you know, the underbelly, you know, freaking dude selling the drugs out the back door to other countries mm-hmm. that they have these dirty dealings with. Done dirt cheap, by the way. And, um, wow. And so, uh, wow. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I know. The DC reference from the producer. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, here's a side brother topic. Okay, so I'm at this college fair thing tonight, and I, I made a mention this to y'all in um, in passing for something else. Uh, like a, a thing for high school students now is that at stores or whatever they like sell like 80s and 90s like bands like shirts or whatever, and the kids don't know anything about Def Leppard or Whitney Houston or TLC. They don't know anything. They just buy the shirt because they think it's cool. So I'm always like, oh, so what's your favorite TLC song now, huh? What? Like, you know, you know. So I just do it all the time. Every time I see a kid, what's your favorite Def Leppard album, huh? Who? I just bought the shirt. Okay, I got it. So a kid shows up today in a Nirvana t-shirt and a Nirvana hat. And so I'm like, oh, hey, man, what's your favorite Nirvana oh, no. song? He's like, oh, I just bought the hat. And so he walked away, and then I started thinking to myself, I was like, if that nigga would have said um, anything besides, you know, like, King Spirit, I would have been. Because I wouldn't have known either. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had no Your own turned against you. Yeah, he could have said anything. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 that, I like that one too. Anyway, all right, so, um, yeah, so Evan, or excuse me, Emma uh, wants to um, – yeah, so she's, like, you know, skeptical of signing on. They take her to Krakoa and be like, hey, girl, look at what everything that we're about to do. Okay, I'm fine. I'm signing on. Uh, and then they promise her three or uh, two seats on the council. She says she wants three seats when she brings back um, Sebastian Shaw, the black queen, the white queen, and then there's an unknown character which we'll talk about so, when we get to the ex- next issue. Second. So when she's looking at Krakoa, is this not the Nimrod spiral on Krakoa? Uh-oh. The- that like the splash page with her like cape billowing. Yeah, mm. it does kind of look like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Ah, oh, damn. I didn't mm. pick that up at all. Wow. Yeah. You see, that's why we have three people on the podcast, y'all. Because we can't that's see all this stuff. Yeah. That's why he's here. Yeah, and it's also what you were saying before. Like, there's so much stuff going on that you could miss it. Easily, like it wouldn't make, take much to like you know to miss something oh, like yeah. that. So, I mean, oh, yeah. that, you know, and that's good. You know, if everything's not so obvious, and that's I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So, but I completely missed that piece. So, all right. So yeah. So you have that. She says, you know, she's going to join the council, or whatever. I, I have a, another note in here. Um. Uh, about sorry about dirty deeds done dirt cheap uh, and doing them for other countries. That's a real, real-time real parallel to what's going on in our country, by the way. Anyway, all right, skipping mm-hmm. to the rest of it. Uh, so, yeah. So that's the end of that part of it. And then our clear white sheets are about the Council of Krakoa. And you don't get any of the names in this issue. You do get them in the following issue, and we'll talk about it then. But they're all named after seasons. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a map of the council. And I, I swear that that's there for a reason, Brother Beavis. I, I don't know why. Like, I think it's like some sort of symbol of some sort. I just can't figure it out. You know yeah, I mean? Like, they show it in both so. issues. Yeah, they show it in mm-hmm. both issues. There has to be some reason yeah. for that. It's not... Um, they show the members of it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just I mean, one, square around the circle, it, pretty much. It's the round, the round table, right, which is no mm-hmm. one's above anybody else. No one's above anybody else. show 14, which, uh, spoiler alert, is Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, in the, in, the X, in the middle is the symbol that they've used for whenever Professor X talks, I think. So, I mean, I don't know. Part of it is it, it may be just keeping with the sort of iconography they've, they've used up to this point. Um, mm. But it may be, mm-hmm. again, it may be something we don't even know. And right. I need to interject right now. So the WWE is like all in with the NFL and there's a whole cross-promotional thing and Roman yeah. Reigns is on Monday night, or Thursday Night Football right now. Mm-hmm. They are I got, I got the, They are Yeah, I got There could be that too. But do you know, uh, I think the bigger reason. I mean, maybe you know this or not. Um, SmackDown is moving to uh, Fox. Um, mm. I don't know oh, if it's going okay. on Fox regular or if it's yeah. going on FX One or something like that. So I think oh. that's part of the cross promotion. Um, All right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Sense. But still. Yeah, I'm sure that they don't like. They're not happy with any competition at this point. But anyway, different podcast. All right. So yeah. So anyway, so Xavier gives his speech um, once he's gotten him on board to all the other mutants. And again, we saw at the end of the last issue of House of X, where all the mutants come to Krakoa with Apocalypse. All the evil mutants come to Krakoa with Apocalypse, and you know they, you know, are members or come, you know, a part of the mutant island or whatever. And so this was the speech that was given to them to make them, you know, aware of what's going on in Krakoa. We get a roll call check on a lot of people. Uh, uh, what was, uh, you get Sinister, um, you get, what's that group that was before before Sinister? What was that group called? The Marauders? No. That's the, oh, that's you're talking group. about the Acolytes. Yeah. The Acolytes, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Magneto's old uh, crew. Yeah, the Acolyte, Sinister, uh, they still be trying oh, to push man. that red. Right. <laughs> man, they still yeah. be trying to push that fool, man. He's the quintessential 90s villain. Um, that is, that is Scott North with tentacles. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> sure. is, this, is that Sunfire in the Japanese um, regalia? Oh, that? I didn't think about that. I don't think that's Sunfire. I, I don't know who it is. Yeah, I don't yeah, know who don't that know was. Is there, okay. a, is there a female Sunfire these days? Or? Uh, but it wouldn't have been Indeed, in year... Well, I know. But it wouldn't be in year 10. And that was the other note that I had. Like, what is our time reference on this? So she's saying she just got rid of Sebastian Shaw from the uh, Hellfire Club. Well, when the hell did that happen? That's yeah. what I, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I was hoping one of y'all knew something about that. Yeah. I mean, I think X-Zero is intended to be, like, um, X-Men classic. I think X-1 mm-hmm. is intended to be like modern continuity. X-2 mm-hmm. is meant to be like Days of Future Past and X-3 is beyond that. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. It's just um, not, I mean, I don't know. It was just kind of confusing with the timeline or whatever. Not that it, I mean, not that they beholden to any of this continuity anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, Krakoa is home to all mutants, you know, no matter what you've done in the past, you can call and then it switches to this weird scene with Namor. I thought it was weird. Um, so, yeah, I was like, Namor, come home. Nah, son. Like, you know, finally, <laughs> like, you finally realize. <laughs> my note says, you finally realize them niggas ain't shit? Because I've been doing that. 
I'm uh, kicking it with these sharks. Like, you need to yeah. get the fuck out of here and go fuck a tree yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's like... Namor being Namor. He's a yeah, dick. but there's also he's a line in there that I think... There's also a line in there that I think that was kind of important that I missed on the first read, but not on the second. He's like, and also, I don't really think you feel this way. Like, yeah. I don't really think that you actually believe that y'all are better, the superiors to these people, because it's never been something that Charles has preached before. And, mm-hmm. um, he's, you know, go away, don't come back until you, you know, until you mean it. So, really Namor's not down. Yeah. So, I mean, what did y'all think of that scene? I thought it was Namor being Namor, like I <laughs> just said. Um, he, I mean, he's bad at that. He's bad at everybody. He's always pissed at something, you know. Mm-hmm. He's never happy. So uh, I thought it was like, yeah, yeah, he's being a dick. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right about that as far as um, uh, Xavier and kind of the uh, the more Magneto-like uh, philosophy he's been kind of going mm-hmm. along with lately. I don't know if that's going to that's gonna stay with him throughout this whole thing, you know. And then maybe that's what causes the schism later on. I don't know. Because um, he's pretty much been – Hand in hand with Magneto, you know, and every every step of the way, uh, once they make their alliance. So you definitely yeah. see that in the they had to reboot it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think Namor is like a character that I always want to like, but every time he's presented, mm-hmm. he's just so unlikable in so many ways. But <laughs> yeah. Like Samuel said, he is Namor being <laughs> Namor. And I mm-hmm. had to parse the words here to kind of figure out what was going on. And the other thing, too, is I think Namor being a mutant is one of the ultimate retcons of mm-hmm. the Marvel comics. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like this was just like a, just to keep us from asking, well, what about Namor? Um, mm-hmm. Without having to drag him right. into it, which is, right. just makes the whole thing problematic. Mm. Yeah, I just, yeah, it just came out of nowhere. And again, her, Namor's mutantness is uh, uh, fluid at best. It seems in a lot of these freaking books anymore. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely a mutant when he needs to be or when they want him to be. Um, so all right. So br- uh, Brother Beavis is going to explain X three because the producer is like reading that and oh, Scooby Doo face completely. <laughs> so what's going on with the Falnics and them taking over? Whatever the hell they're taking over. Yeah, so let me, I'm going to try and I gotta figure out exactly what. Is this where they talk about, like, black holes? They're like, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, it's continuation right. no, that was last that, yeah. No, 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 that was, yeah, that was last issue. They've been, they've been um, into, accepted into the Phalanx at this point. No, I thought they updated it to, to include the Dominion or whatever. All right, so anyway, mm. um, so I still think that, so I think that there's a couple things going on here. And so, in terms of the plot line, um, there's this society on this future world that still includes this sort of Nimrod Tower that we've seen that tells us this is still kind of the world we started in. And we have this society that is appealing to be uh, admitted into the phalanx, which is the techno-organic virus people, and they're, they're, they've accumulated this knowledge and they want to be accepted as phalanx equals. So... That kind of came about. I think I think one thing about this, and I said this on the last time we talked about this, is I think this is the push here is that if they can get Moira's consciousness uploaded into the phalanx, and then if she dies in her last life, she essentially has all the accumulated knowledge of the cosmos. So mm. I think that is the goal. Mm. But they introduced a, 
they introduce a new kind of thread to this where the phalanx are like, yeah, we accept your deal, but then they they like essentially disintegrate the guy who had presented that deal to them. Um, mm, yeah. They talk about like how all, right, how, how yeah. all organic life is going to be gone. So I think one of the, the topics they're kind of delving into is, is really just like what is the nature of existence? Like, and, and I think the point they're trying to make is, like, if you look at any individual or any compilation of individuals, like, it's their experiences and their knowledge are much more important than, the, like, their physical bodies, right? Mm -hmm. So the X-Men in the past have compiled all this information about all the individual mutants. And so playing in future, they have, you know, all this knowledge compiled. So then when they when they talk about, like, okay, well, the way this clusters is, we thought the phalanx was the end-all, be-all, but it's not. There's actually, like, these kind of clusters of it. And so there I think you have to go to, like, you know, if you think about, like, it's only knowledge, it's only, like, beliefs and things like that, that doesn't have, like, it's tempting to think that, I'm sorry, this is going so long, but you asked for it. It's okay. Um, the, uh, <laughs> It's tempting to think of like, okay, well, knowledge doesn't have like any math. It's not real. But I think what they're trying to tell you is like, okay, if you think about it from two perspectives, like if you go like the 21 grams theory, right, even if it's mm -hmm. just your soul or whatever, there's some physical manifestation of that. Or if you thought about it in terms of like, oh, I put all my music in the cloud, there's still a server that runs somewhere that consumes heat and things like that. So what they're telling you mm -hmm. is if you take all this knowledge it still has to have some physical manifestation. And if you're going to put so much knowledge together, eventually there's a limit to that. It becomes these certain black holes. So the combination of knowledge is not one thing, but it's this network of black holes. So it seems to me what the mutants are trying to do is they want to be part of the group, but they still want to have like their own little singularity and be their own little black hole. And somehow that plays back into getting more of her totality of knowledge that she can manifest into a psychic knife. No, wait, that's somebody else. Uh, <laughs> you take that back into the story. So that's, yeah. that's all I got. I mean, mm. there's a couple things. I think there's an interesting question about, like, what is the nature of existence is the fundamental thing. And I, I think that's part of the story, and I still claim this is about getting more as smart as you can and let her die. Mm. Yeah, there's a portion of me that wonders, as I was thinking about this, that, when we get to the end of this, because we do, there's a swerve, and we'll talk about this, obviously, next week for sure, but it may be a little bit into the next issue, is that there's going to be some swerve, and that maybe Moira's the one that turns heel, mm -hmm. term, mm. because there has to be a big bad at this point, because all the bad people are on frickin' um, Krakoa now. The, the humans now, don't yeah. have, yeah, the, well, and the humans don't have anything that they could throw at them other than the Avengers or whatnot. And even the Avengers at this point would be overwhelmed by all the mutants at this point because, you know, they're really singular of one voice. So something has to happen. Something has to get to the point where this gets broken up somehow. And generally, you know, speaking, it's always a traitor. It's always a heel turn. The one that you least expect probably blows it off. And I'm starting to think because, and Sam, you brought this up in the text chain, where has Moira been, you know, because she hasn't been around. And, um, you know, we'd have to get to the point where we're starting to count her lives, and based on the, her experience with Mystique and Destiny, 
a few issues ago or a lot of issues ago at this point, you know, they kept saying, if you wind up doing this, we'll come back to haunt you and kill you, which turned her life around. But this, this has to be somebody that has to remember every single life that they've been through, all the trauma and all the hurt and all the whatever. Eventually, that's got to get to somebody. I mean, mutant or otherwise. And I'm wondering if Moira is the key to this whole piece that she's going to, you know, kind of flip all of this on its head and kind of see where it's going to go. I, I had that thought in my head since this morning that Moira is obviously the key, but she could be the key that winds up flipping. Cause there's a swerve coming y'all. We all know this, right? Like there's no, <laughs> Oh yeah. There's something coming. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. borne out in the, uh, the cover of the last part of this two of this two part. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we'll get to that, too, at the last page, one of the last splash pages on there uh, in issue six or whatever. But the closeout uh, quote is, when you see me again, know what that means, and that's from Namor. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a, a fairly solid book. Again, a little bit of, you could call it filler, but just really filling in the gaps of things that we kind of already knew. And we talked about before we really hit record, like, you know, sometimes it's best to not show certain things. And other times, you know, I guess it's okay if you do it. It depends, really, you know, kind of how far or whatever you want to go with it. But, I mean, I was okay with this. Like I said, I called it filler initially, but I definitely, you know, second read, I thought it was a little bit better. We'll get the overalls here in the, when we get uh, close out House of Six, House of X6. All right. So this is, again, the final issue of House of X. Um Kind of what was your anticipation going in, knowing what we know? Like, oh, well, this is the last issue of this. We've been freaking Pavlov dog to think, well, it's the last issue, so something's going to happen here. You know, oh, my God, Hogan's coming to the ring. Thank God. Uh-oh. So uh, <laughs> did you think somebody was about to join NWO, uh, Brother Beavis? Or, you know, you kind of knew that they were going to hold off until you get to the power sick? So in terms of anticipation, I'll just say, when the alarm went off on Wednesday morning, I reached over and grabbed my iPad, <laughs> opened it up, having already subscribed to the comic and read it. Okay. Uh, so I don't know that I was necessarily like uh, planning or I, like I like I don't have I didn't go into it with any concept of what was going on. But I mean, the the one thing I if, if I haven't said it already, I'll say it for. Like, it's been a blast to be a comic book fan again and actually look forward mm-hmm. to a Wednesday. And, like, yeah. I literally, like, got out of bed waiting to read a comic book this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. that's that. Yeah, that's anticipation. Sam, man, did you have any anticipation that this was going to end or something was going to happen in this one to set up the final, final issue? Yeah, I kind of thought that, okay, they're, they're going to, um, they're finalizing their... <laughs> What's the how? What's the word for it? Yeah, they're they're getting ready for the big the big splash at the end. I thought they were, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what happens. You know, Xavier kind of gives his um, not ultimatum, but um, I, I don't know. I guess maybe it is the ultimatum when uh, he talks to basically the the, the entire planet uh, through mm-hmm. telepathy through cerebral. And so I figured it was like, okay, well, this is going to be the setup for the big uh, splash at the end. It's going to be the relaunch for all these books. Or uh, the the new uh, um, status quo, whatever it's going to be. You know, is there going to be the big swerve? I didn't think it was going to be in this book. I thought, yeah, I thought this was just going to be the setup for it. So, uh, and uh, yeah, and you see, um, 
Magneto, um, Xavier, and Moira, they're all like, okay, it's like, okay this is it. <laughs> Are we going to uh, really going to make the plunge now? Because there's no going back, he, he even says. So, yeah. And they do, and they go forward with it. So I was like, okay, well, here's where the risk is. Here's where the, yeah. the bullshit really starts. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the opening <laughs> quote line is, is what we have perfect? No. What is? But it's a start, and right. it's a good one. I do have some, maybe some more kind of, not personal, but comic book personal beef about what happens in this book a little bit later. Um, again, I felt the same way about this. I felt better the second time I read it. The first time, I was like, you know, I told y'all I'd, I leave my my job and during lunch and go, you know, swipe this book or whatever. And, you know, depending upon how busy it is in there, I can either thumb it or I can actually close my office and sit there and read it. Well, this week was a thumb. And, um, <laughs> you know, I couldn't get to it, you know, because I'm so busy. And then when I finally got a chance to read it the second time, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. So, anyway, all right. So, Krakoa, a month ago, uh, we're in Moira's no space. That sounds naughty. Um, mm. And then it's one of the secret, five secret cradles, uh, one, two, three, four, fifth cradles of Professor mm. Xavier. Uh, it's, uh, like Sam had said, it's Moira, Charles, and Eric. Uh, and this is the no going back point. Like, so once we do this, this is it. Um, and so he goes and then does his version of a Morpheus speech, Professor Xavier, you know, humans of Earth, um, this is my name, I'm Charles Xavier, I'm going to bring you hope. Probably the best part about that, and this is what we alluded to in the last issue, he's like, um, yeah, my dream, that was some bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it was a lie. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and yeah. the other part of that, I'm skipping through the speech or whatever, and the other part it was like, and it, there's a, panel in there where he nods to Eric you know it's like yeah and we are the ev- inevitability you know we are humans next step or whatever y'all you know your dream was a lie like this idea that we yeah. were gonna sit there and live in harmony and all I mean he really lays it on pretty thick brother Beers. I mean yeah. you know not a way that we normally uh used to hear in Charles and Xavier yeah I mean they uh and this is where I think that they sort of laid this out this is what it is but now you just kind of kind of see it in in progression, how it occurred, and yeah, it's it's strong statements, and you know, the, the, his acknowledgement of his dream was was a lie, coupled with their, you know, that that their dream is also a liar. Why you slept, the world was changed, and yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is harsh, and for and the irony is like we've talked in a lot of lot of forums about how Xavier is a dick and a terrible character and whatnot. Mm. But he's still always had this like idealistic dream inscribed to him. And now it's like, right. yeah, that was fucked up. Me and Magneto about to kick it. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the listeners to this is everybody on Earth, but they also throw shout outs to, you know, you see the Sanctum Sanctorium, you see the Fantastic Four, you see the Avengers, the Avengers. you know. Um Yeah, it's you know, and then he throws it in there. It's like, well, all we wanted to do was, you know, live in harmony. We saved the earth on numerous occasions. But how did you pay us back? You killed us, you know, like 16 million of us. I mean, you really have done nothing to help us. And, you know, so fuck y'all, essentially. But he says, you know, we're going to give you yeah. this cure. It's not a gift. You know, you're going to pay for it. Um, <laughs> but we're going to give you this. You haven't earned You haven't earned the gift. We're going to yeah. pay for it. You yeah, know, would- what they want it. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, he said he was going to give it to them as a gift, but they mm-hmm. fucked that all up, basically, but mm-hmm. we will sell it to you now. It was yeah. kind of really uh, kind of snide, in a way, in a way, the way you 
he says it, you know, it's, it's very Magneto-ish, his words. Yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. Um, what does he say? Uh, so, yeah, so the two things. He wants it for uh, uh, the two things. They want the uh, sovereignty for uh, Krakoa, and then any mutant that was ever born essentially is a citizen of Krakoa, and they are not, sub- you know, giving diplomatic immunity. You know, they're not subject to human laws. They are only subject to mutant laws. And so, again, throwing back to, like, hey, all you people can come home now, uh, and where the villains are all welcomed on Krakoa. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I just thought, you know, I, I just thought it was, like, a really cool scene. You know, on second read, I was like, man, this is pretty powerful stuff for them to be able to throw Xavier out there. And, again, the only thing that doesn't, like, have me fully falling in for this is that I know there's a damn swerve coming, and I hate it. I hate the fact yeah. that I can't, like, fully jump into this because I know that you're going to try to screw me. Now, again, it could be a good one, but it also could be something dumb, and we would have wasted, you know, however many months doing this. So, I, you know, I don't know. All right. We get to the Council of Krakoa, again, named after all the seasons. So, Autumn... And yeah, if you have any theories on why each of these has that particular season attached to them, uh, shout it out. So Autumn, <laughs> Professor Xavier, Magneto, and Apocalypse. Winter, uh, Sinister, Exodus, and Mystique. Um, spring, wait, what is that? Uh, the Black Queen, the White Queen, and the Red Queen, or Red like King. Queen? Red King. King. Okay, so... Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing. So, who? Any theories on who the Red King could be? I have one. Uh, I got none. I no, got I have no idea. I, and I think it might be. I think it might be other Magneto, like maybe the real one. Uh, oh. oh. Yeah, wow. but that would be a bad swerve. You know, because oh, like we've been yeah, thinking that this was Eric the whole time. But again, Charles has done this thing twice where he put freaking minds into other bodies or whatever. Yeah, we know that's going to come up somewhere. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. So. so, like, what if he, like, he's like, yeah, man, you know, you're a pain in the ass. I'm going to make me a new man. Exactly. Mm. Right. It just, yeah. And the, the, nice. the connection is, well yeah, the connection thought would be, like, well, why does Emma have that spot for him? You know, because Emma and, Emma and, uh, Magneto, those history isn't really all that tied together, but I just, I, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Summer is, summer is, uh, what, Storm, Jean, and Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler. Um, and then Krakoa is Krakoa and Doug Lott. Um, when and I first saw also, Summer, I thought it was Summers. And then, yeah. so... If you yeah. along those lines, it would make sense that uh, the essentially the X Men are the House of Summer. I thought well, Apocalypse's inclusion with Professor X and whoever this Magneto character is is interesting. Mm. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> how so? How so? Oh, just having him in there, you mean? Yeah, just because like he's like one of these kids, right? But at the same time, he's above everybody, I guess. So like. Mm-hmm. I guess if you're going to yeah. try to regulate him, you put him on the team with uh, sensibly the two other strongest mutants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, just, I, I have a thought about that when we get to the other part. Um, 
So, yeah, and then they also have in the white pages, too, about the great captains. So if somehow the uh, the autumn group essentially is not available or the great council that they go out to defend, this is a weak team, in my opinion. Uh, I, don't Gorgon. <laughs> I don't either. From Cyclops, Gorgon, Bishop, and Magic. And they ain't not beating anybody. Gorgon? Uh, yeah. It's an affirmative action hire. Yeah, he definitely is an affirmative action hire. For sure. <laughs> and... Um, but it also, what, nah, don't pull his Marvel card, it's too late, but what Bishop <laughs> fighting on? Remarkable? Maybe? And excellent? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Bishop ain't he's probably nobody. not, like, he's, since he uses ranged weapons, his fighting is probably not strong. I'm assuming it, his agility might be, like, remarkable to, rec- to, to recognize his skill with, like, ranged weapons, but and he, he, he can't have more than a good strength. And if he's yeah. got more than like a remarkable endurance, his fighting might be all right. But yeah, yeah, he no. ain't. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he ain't. Probably it. depends on how much energy is poured into him. It's kind. He's kind of like uh, Sebastian Shaw, like he can just yeah. absorb stuff until it either blows up or gets rid of it. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, we run Bishop very hard on all of these podcasts. By the way, he's not a fan. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> no, okay, we're not. So they have the Krakoan Council meeting. Uh, All right, so uh, I have uh, someone's Marvel cards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. I knew you were going to do bull- it. <laughs> it's some bullshit because he's got excellent strength, and that's just that bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. What's he fighting? Incredible fighting, remarkable Get ability. Get out of here. Excellent strength. Whatever. Go back yeah, to our Civil know. War. Not 1861 podcast where he's, he gets curved by Captain body America. Armor, so Wolverine can't hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the comic. Oh, man. This has got to come up later, too, about Wolverine. So I, I hold that thought, too, about Wolverine in these books. Um, okay. All right. So, yeah. So the Krakoan Council meeting, uh, everybody comes in, like, you know, slow walking into the thing. And, you know, it's their first meeting is basically, as Night, Nightcrawler puts, is going to be about the very human thing of judgment and they bring Sabretooth out uh from someplace i don't know and he's essentially like what the hell is this about like uh y'all don't talk to tell me something i'm gonna make things red real quick i thought it was a great line and the art in this book too is really good as well um yes it is so yeah so there's so yeah so anyway so they're doing that and then they're really trying to establish the rules or the laws of krakoa um there's some BS here going on. This is probably be my biggest criticism of these books so far, and not in the sense that they came up with them, but just how they got to that point and all the exposition about how they're going to get to this point and what we should do. And the first law of being, you know, the first law is terrible that you a mutant shouldn't kill a human. That doesn't really make any sense based on all the things that they've done up to this point. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Y'all, y'all tell me. I was just like, I didn't. Like, so what if, not so what if you did, but I don't think that it would be, like, you know, such a, a capital offense, I guess, that you well, would get kicked I, off so of the, Mutant Island. The argument is that mutants are immortal because mm-hmm. they can be restored by right. Professor X. And so right. killing a mutant isn't really a crime. So essentially what they're saying is, like, murder is a capital crime, but mutants can't be murdered because they're immortal. Mm-hmm. Right. That would be the way I would see right. that one. Yeah, I, I mm. just didn't care yeah, for that didn't. piece. 
Yeah, that was a little yeah. bit of a sticking point for me too. I thought it was a little unusual, but they well, did the kind of belabor that immortal thing. So it was like, well, they can't they can't be uh, brought back like us. So we can't kill yeah. them or something. But I don't know. The second kind of one is standard. Yeah. Well, the second um, one is worse. Like to me, yes. you know, like Saul is like, well, let's talk about you know currency and land and how you yeah. do all that. They're like, well, you know, uh-huh. actually, like, you should do that, paid, y'all. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Had to put up to all these hotels in Krakoa, son. Um, <laughs> again, ask about our mutant discount. Oh, we're not gonna get a discount. We all mutants, man. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm on a tangent. So, but yeah, like, oh, okay, so, you know, what are we going to do with this, Doug? Like, hey, this, the island is living. You can't just be putting up condos and shit on the beach. Like, that's not something that's really to be doing about it. Well, what about the currency and the economics, man? You know, and then old dude is like, Exodus is like, well, this is sacred land. You know, this is our Eden. So, you know, we should be respecting that sacred land or whatever. I'm like, that's your second rule? Yeah. Like, that's your second law. You have your whole ass island, and that's the second law. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense, brother. He was helping me out here. Yeah, and I had her, like, I was, like, when, so if you fast forward a couple pages where they actually list out the rules, like, I was trying to go back and figure out, oh, is that what he was saying? And why mm-hmm. was Exodus saying that? And uh, he's a B lister, a C lister anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, like, Okay, yeah, that was confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that, you know, I don't know. They worked so hard to get to this point, and this was the first two things they came up with. I, I, I just, oh, it doesn't I get know. better. No, it doesn't. It's <laughs> my biggest criticism <laughs> here. I mean, there's good some, and again, there's a lot of, you know, exposition, you know, apocalypse, how can I be, you know, worried about the human, you know, like all this, it's kind of like Shaq, not apocalypse, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) don't give him ideas, he's going to try and be cast as apocalypse. Yeah. Well, Xavier, tell me how my ass tastes. (laughs) All right, so. That would have made for a better age of apocalypse, man. Yeah, it might have been. Um, so, yeah, so they get this part of it, and then we get to the third law. What did I write down? Oh, um, so make no – oh, yeah, make more mutants. Okay, and so how we got to that point was Mystique, and I'm, I don't know if they retconned him being Nightcrawler's mom or not, but – I think they're about to, yeah. It seemed like they might be leading in that different. direction. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it looked like they were really leading in that direction based on this. And she's like, you know, okay, so Mr. Mister, you know, believes in something more than Xavier, and, you know, you have your higher power and all this. What's Mr. Morrill think about this whole thing? And then about, and the art in this is great. Like, the look on his face when he says make more mutants is outstanding. But the idea is like, well, you know, <laughs> We should just make more mutants. And they're coming from Nightcrawler. And, again, if you say that he's a person of faith and he quotes scripture there about be fruitful and multiply, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make logical sense. Like, I understand the point that they were trying to get to, but I just didn't. It seemed very forced. Like, like oh, yeah, we did say we were going to build all these people from reincarnation or whatever. And so we can, you know, this is, this is freaking uh, – Jar Jar forming the Galactic Republic or, or the Empire, mm. you know, like mm. you know what I mean. Like, oh, okay, so we're gonna put this on Nightcrawler. He's gonna be the one that's be like, hey, 
okay, you know, we're just going to make more mutants. So the idea comes back to him. I, it's, ah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Anybody yeah. got anything? I didn't like it. Yeah, it does oh. seem like he's kind of using that scripture to um, fulfill their own, um, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, desires, whatever, to, to fit uh, to fit their own agenda. I, I, I didn't think that fit exactly uh, perfectly either. I mean, I get what they were going for. I mean, I mean, any species wants to uh, continue to. Uh, Procreate, obviously, <laughs> to keep themselves alive. Well, hell, they're they're immortal now, so nobody's going to die, right? Right. I guess did they yeah. did they mention like natural lifespans? Do they like still get brought back? I didn't even think about that before. Uh, but, see, well, and, there is I the thing. If, there is thing about that is they have to be a certain optimal age to be brought back, so they can mm-hmm. only be brought right. back to like a certain point or something like that. I took it as okay. like I read it like, oh shit, that crawls free. And I think, uh, <laughs> when you look at his face, it does make sense. Yeah, know, yeah right? he's got a damn. He's like, you, he's like, come on, Mom. We about to make yeah, more. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, please don't. So, mm. the, one, the one thing I wonder, and again, we, we've seen a couple glimpses here where it's almost as if they've tried to undo some of the things from the past. And I think for, for Nightcrawler in particular, like, his faith was an interesting side story, but when they doubled and tripled down on it, it made yeah. the character really kind of cumbersome. And so right. this could be like right. a signature, like, hey, we're not going to take that away, but he, is, he does fuck. So just so y'all know, yeah. he does fuck. <laughs> and like try, you know, maybe, maybe like try and strip some of that away so he's not as If it wasn't clear. <laughs> Crawler's all about that pussy. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. It just, like I said, it just, yeah. I, yeah. This is my biggest criticism, like, of these books all, oh, you know. Oh, in... When, like, uh, there's, like, a few scenes, like, and after, like, that was almost the, oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, that, that's the last, that's almost, like, the last substance. But that whole, like, they, they flip to that splash screen, like, here's the three rules. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, is that what they said? I kind of had to go back through it there. But yeah, then they then they do have their this scene with Sabretooth, and then it's off to Zion after that. And that was kind of like, yeah. is that is that? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that okay. Well, and then I mean, again, I'm not I'm obviously no legal expert, but yes, they do bring this back to um, to Sabretooth. And, you know, so they have to judge Sabretooth based on what he did. And if you go back to whether it was issue one of House or whatever, or Powers, I don't remember when they, you know, they were trying to get some technology that they needed to help build the new Cerebro. You know, Sabretooth gutted some people before they were cut it up, you know, um, caught by the Fantastic Four. You know, there was this whole scene, blah, 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 blah. But at this point in time, so, okay, well, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. So if we're telling that story backwards, had they already formed the Krakoan nation state? Like, had the council already been fat? Because I'm sitting here thinking, y'all are judging Sabretooth mm-hmm. on some laws that didn't exist before. That's an ex post facto. If I, right. if I remember correctly, how are you going to judge him on something that wasn't even a law before? But maybe that's what it was. Maybe that had already been created. No, and... I think you're right. But I think they also touch mm-hmm. on, and they, they ask, I think they talk about, like, I think they actually raised that point. Um, mm. Because this... Um, 
I don't know. Maybe they just put him in a holding tank until they made their law, and then they right. held him. But I thought they touched on it. Like they they basically like should we should like should we give him a pass? I think it was you know until now that it's established, and I think they collectively concluded no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, he gets judged. He does get judged on some BS. Harshly. And, uh, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, I, I, his line before he goes into uh, my note says, like, <laughs> Sabertooth, like, with Santa Claus. I'm making a list, and I'm checking it twice because um, this is some straight-up crap. And so, you know, which is kind of funny, and there's a line in it, too. They're like, okay, so if they're sentencing him. Uh, by the way, I, did they open the moon door there? Is the X, like, did they open up, like, to show us and pull him? <laughs> I in yeah. it as, That's what I thought. I took it as they have their own fan of them. That's what I took. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they took him into the anus of Krakoa and dragged yeah, him into forever hell. And he is forever yeah. exiled, is the book. And I think Exiles is one of the new books, maybe on the relaunch. I'm not 100% oh. sure. Um, oh. But, uh, yeah, so. But then they're like, hey, but there's no prisons on Krakoa. I'm like, well, that's not one of the rules you listed. Uh. You know, right? Yeah, we have no prisons on Krakoa. Then why isn't that not a rule? It should be a rule or a law that you don't have prisons there. So I don't know. You mess up, you get yeah. sent to Krakoa's anus. I mean, that's basically it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that it ended on a weird note. And again, my anticipation was that oh, we're going to get some sort of some version of a conclusion here, whether it been in zero, ten, or a hundred, or whatever, that we were going to get some sort of conclusion, and we didn't really get that. Um, so. The book ends with this big party that we were kind of alluding to earlier. Um, Dazzler's providing a light show. There's really no dialogue for most of it. Uh, Siren is amplifying Dazzler's uh, uh, sound-producing powers or light-producing powers of sound. Um, And essentially, everybody's just getting drunk. I mean, basically, what this scene (laughs) reminded me of looking at it the second time, I was like, man, this is the end of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm waiting for somebody like boom, boom. Yeah. Sorry. All right. So, uh, and yeah, everybody's just sharing beers or whatever. It's the whole thing where everybody's sharing a beer. Wolverine isn't mm-hmm. cuck cold anymore. Him and Gene and uh, Logan and her, they're sharing beers and sharing beers with everybody. There's only one weird beer share that I, I thought was weird, and that was the one he shared with Moira. Something's wrong. I'm telling you, man. Moira is the key, obviously, to a lot of this. But I think that's her at the end. I thought so. That's not Moira? Which one are you talking about? The the one he's handing the beer off? Who is that? Is that Moira? That's the Japanese thing, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because he's wearing a robe or something. You can't really see him. Moira got robes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Could be. Well, that all, the more, all the more reason, then why isn't she there? Is Moira should be there? She I'm should. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Archangel. Sure. I mean, I mean, you're not going to have a party with Archangel. Yeah, there's no party. Yeah. No. <laughs> the one that got Gene, Gene walks and sits down and hands, like, over her shoulder, Emma. And Emma mm-hmm. takes it. And then she's like, Oh, word? Then she like looks back at Cyclops and Havoc. So yeah, I'm about to fuck both of them. Um, yeah, it's 
I don't know. And Apocalypse is looking on like, you know, can't believe I signed so. for this shit. I want to kill every yeah. single one of these mother black Looking miserable. That's what it looks like. He does look He's miserable. Like, y'all dancing. Y'all, y'all acting like this is Matrix Revelation. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the line. Uh, you don't want to be uh, your producer. You know, mutants. <laughs> Dancing all up in the videos, getting all up in the videos, <laughs> coming to Apocalypse Row. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doing his best should night. Uh, yeah. And so the scene ends of the book ends with Xavier and Magneto staring off into the world sky here. Just look at what we made. And, and, and then you get your maps of Krakoa and your pieces that are all divided up. And, you know, and that's pretty much it. You know, I mean... Cut, roll, tape. Again, I didn't really like the end. I didn't like the laws part. It seems such a – a lot of the stuff that they talked about here seemed much more permanent, and then the laws start seeing very temporary and like, okay, let's put this in and definitely filler or whatever at the end of the book. You know, overall, I thought it was an okay issue. What what says you, uh, Sandman? Um, I still liked it, probably more than you did. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see what you mean by uh, it probably was filler. But I still liked it for, uh, they still had, you know, they were still doing some world building with the council and all that, you know, you got former enemies sitting down together for, um, to basically try to make this thing work. And, you know, they, (laughs) you got, I mean, you got some vastly powerful characters all gathered together here. So I I found that very interesting and, uh. Yeah, fuck Sabretooth, because I'm, I'm, I'm tired of his ass anyway. I'm glad, I'm glad they, uh, Krakoa swallowed his ass, so I'm, I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah, but the three laws, yeah, that shit needs to work. You're all right about that. Uh, I don't really get <laughs> some of them. Yeah, the make more mutants, yeah, okay, I can get that. The murder no man and respect this sacred, uh, sacred island, sacred land. I mean, right. yeah, but I don't know. It, for those to be the three sacred laws, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, and again, I do want to bring, and again, I'm thinking like, oh, there's make more mutants. They're going to bring back mutants that they probably killed that we don't, not necessarily don't care about, but they're going to bring them back just to be able to have them as a full mutant roster. But I mean, there's, yeah, they're I mean, trying to bring back really, all of Genosha. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. exactly. But I mean, think about who got killed on Genosha. Who got killed on Genosha? She was like, oh, I hope they bring them back. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you know, like, I mean, honestly, whatever. Like, oh, they're going to bring back Mimic and and Thunderbolt or Thunderbird. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Do you really care about this? Nobody cares about that. Of course not. Shit. (laughs) So, man, at that part, whatever. All right. But, yeah, it's not going to damper my hand, you know, whatever on the whole series. All right, go ahead, Brother Levis. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, I think it, it it really was world building, and I think they just put the pieces together that they've shown us before. And so I, I, I had mixed feelings because this in and of itself didn't feel like it had a payoff other than mm. just to say, like, this is the foundation for all the rest of the stuff you're going to get from this point right. forward. But I still don't know, like, how all the, the six or so titles that they've launched, like, where that's coming from. And I think, right. you know, there's one thing is like, okay, you have all these mutant villains, like, what are they going to do? Are they just going to stop being villains? Like, are they, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, what, where do they go from here? Yeah, this, mm-hmm. it, it left me with a lot of questions. So I, it felt like it was just like, hey, 
we're just getting you to this point so we can tell the rest of the story. Now we've come to the stick the landing problem. And what is Power yeah. FX? What's the swerve? Mm-hmm. Where is Mora? Mm-hmm. Why have we still mm-hmm. not seen Charles' face? You know, all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Um, and then they it becomes... bet on that. Yeah. 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 And you can fuck it, like, and my note says here, like, you don't fucking Game of, Thro- game of Thrones. Oh, Do yeah, not yeah. try to freaking shove all oh, this God, shit no. into one freaking issue because it's going to be a hot mess. There's just no way that you can, you know, do that. And it's, that's, again, troubling, obviously, for a lot of different reasons. And the other side of that is, all right, so if you give me, like, a whatever cliffhanger ending at the end of Power 6, um, you really, you really trying to make me read eight other X books because we gonna have problems, like for real, for real. That's just not mm-hmm. that's not a doable thing anymore. If this is the story that's whatever, then you need to tell that story. All those other books should be damn limited series. I can't, you can't right. be oh eight different books talking about this bullshit. There should be an X Men book and an Uncanny X Men book, and follow that story along there. Everything else is just uh whatever. And I don't think that's yep. the case because there are he's a Hickman. Whoever's writing these books after him, thank good good luck with that. And he's only writing like two of those eight books, so it's not like this whole stream thing. So I just, I know we we found jaded because we've just been screwed over yep. a lot of times on this. Yep. So I mean, you listening to this podcast is probably not new news to you that we would feel that way. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm definitely worried about uh, next Wednesday. For sure. Martin, and I'm off work that, that day. Ball away more than one on us. So. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Lucy. Yeah, and I'm off Wednesday. You know, it's what Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, one of the Jewish holidays. I'm off. I screwed up my peanuts. Right? Yeah. You're breaking up there, sir. Oh, I said uh, Marcy had pulled away our football. You're right. It's yeah. Lucy. I screwed up my peanuts. Right. <laughs> Several times. Right. So I don't know. All right. So, yeah, so that wraps up Season 7, Episode 7. Season 7 wraps up completely next week uh, with Episode 8, where we finally get to talk about the conclusion of this. Uh, I know everybody, you know, will have a lot of anticipation, be excited. I'm sure you will wake up early in the morning that morning, brother, to <laughs> catch that read for sure. But, um, yeah, so that's that, really. Okay. Uh, so uh, remember, you'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. I do have it on assurance that Hutch will join us for the final episode. He did give me that assurance that he was going to do that. So uh, we will have him on for the conclusion. Um, but, yeah, so just kind of if you're anticipating this or if you've been reading this or whatever, I'm going to put all, not you guys, but, like, the listeners, I'm going to put all the podcasts in one little group there. And you can listen to them all up to that one point right before that final episode so you're all caught up to date, you know, and then we'll just have a chat about how it ends. You know, hopefully it ends on a good way. Definitely a little bit scared. So. All right. So, again, uh, I am the producer of this podcast. Uh, I am signing off. Remember, you'll be able to find me on, what, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Brothers Comics, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-C-O-M-I-C-S. Be able to find Sandman at Sandman415 on Facebook and Twitter at Brother Beavis in the Ether. Uh, as well as Big Hunter. So, yeah, man. All right. So we wrap up with X-Men, the animated series. The music's taking us out. Again, I'm the producer. I'm signing off. Uh, Sam, man, go ahead and sign off. Signing off, people. We will see you on the next episode. Yes, the finale, at least of season seven. Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off.
right. I hope I don't have to fire off a rage fueled text at 7.15 a.m. next Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Well, you need to be careful with your texts there. Uh, because some of these comic book stores don't open till noon, so you may want to, you may want to hold that off just a little bit, just a little bit. So, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, no spoilers, man. That would really be not a good thing. All right, we'll see everybody on the other side. Peace. Peace. One twelve. Yep. Right, almost on the dot. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I am, I am, I'm honestly, I'm sweating.